Oh, you know what time it is. Welcome to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I am Ben, here with the one and only Andy. Hello. So, thank you for finding the podcast. I'm going to do the usual housekeeping here. Uh, our Facebook seems to be the thing everybody likes to follow, so you can find us on Facebook if you are new to the podcast and haven't checked out the Facebook page. Just search for Too Young to Be This Old, or check the show notes. They always have the links. Also, we do have a Twitter at TYTBTO, uh, or just search for Too Young to Be This Old. You should find it, and then you can just go to our website for all other links at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com. Don't forget to like, review, and share that podcast with all your friends. Yes, if you can rate it, if you can love us enough to go on iTunes just long enough to rate the podcast, it helps us in so many ways, even if you don't listen to it on iTunes. It, it's not iTunes anymore, use, it's Apple's podcast. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. So, so many services use the Apple Podcast feed to drive their feed and their rankings and what gets promoted. So, always appreciate it if you can go on there and give a rating. Indeed. And if it's below five stars, let okay. us know what we can do to make it better. <laughs> yes, please do. So, Ben, what have you been up to? Oh, my God. There's been so much Call of Duty be getting played in my life. <laughs> I have been playing. Just grinding the, out that modern warfare. Dude, I hit, uh, I hit 55 yesterday, so I'm now in the <sighs> officer grind. See, the is it like to already getting... too late for me to get this game to be competitive? No, no it's not. So... So with Call of Duty, there's this great thing called Christmas that happens. As long as you have the game before Christmas and have some competency, Christmas morning is noob hunting season. Oh, that's true. Christmas morning is always the best. Okay, so I'm just going to get the game by Christmas. Yeah, like Black Friday, pick it up by Black Friday. You know what? That's the last time I bought Call of Duty I picked it up on Black Friday. Because that's the day to pick up games. I'm honestly looking because, you know, Target always does the uh, the buy two get one free, right? Um, and I'm I'm looking at trying to put together some games to buy that um, that aren't on the restricted list because like I've seen mm-hmm. some games on there on the restricted list. So trying to figure out which ones I'm going to get. The, what's the restricted list? Just ones that don't qualify for that deal. Yes, okay. I haven't. The only game I know of that has been talked about at my office. Mm-hmm. That is on that list that caused him to go ahead and buy it was Death Stranding. I was about to say it was probably Death Stranding. So, so, like, I'm really hoping the only the only games I'm really looking at in that deal is I'm looking at I really want to try the new Need for Speed. Yeah, but you know what you also could do to try the new Need for Speed, right? Yeah, but Pay my computer $15. barely handled the last Need for Speed. My processor oh. is shit. That that's fair. I was just gonna say yeah. you could, but also with uh with regular EA access, wouldn't you get a ten uh, hour trial at least? Uh maybe. I would check that out first. Well, the only reason I was saying it is because I'm trying to put together three games that I want to get. Right. So right, if I'm getting a free fair. game, I could buy a two that I want, and then that could be my throwaway game. Right. That's true. That's Quote true. unquote throwaway game. Yeah, I just want to make sure you don't sit here and pay full price for a uh, for an that's why I'm game. Also waiting till. Black Friday, because there's a lot right. of time Need for Speed drops down to that $30 price on Black Friday. Yeah, that's that's a good place to be. I've been meaning to play that, because I have it already loaded on my Origin Premiere Access, but I have yet to open it. But what's made Modern Warfare so much better to play over the past couple days is uh, I picked up that Elite Series 2 controller. Oh, boy. Because your boy has a problem. So you dropped a 
house down payment on a controller. Not quite that much. <laughs> no. Well, let's see. So I was having the debate in my head. I was like, man, I really want that Elite 2 controller, and I really want to switch for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then I saw all the bullshit that Pokemon decided to do with the new game, and I was like, well, I guess I want this Elite controller more, and I want to switch because my ass is not picking up the new Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking into that, and... It, nothing's official yet. I mean, it really seems like it's, it's already being streamed and reviewed, and these mm-hmm. issues are already popping up. So, in the issue of it just not being having Squirrel, uh, well, that's my issue. Yeah. Okay. That that that's Ben's cross the die on, okay. but you've yeah. got a game that's locked at thirty frames per second that's still stuttering to slideshow level of FPS when they do the Dynamax mm. scene. Let's you see took what happens. Out, you Let's took out the mega. You day. took out the mega evolutions. Right. You took out all this stuff that you've added over the past couple franchises. Normally, Pokemon builds on their old concepts instead of destroying their old concepts, and now all we have is Dynamaxing, and I think sub three hundred Pokemon. So, like, yeah, just uh, see. I play. I play Pokemon to have fun, and none of the complicated stuff ever has sounded fun to me. So well, none I, of this is complicated stuff. No, 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 no. I just want to go around, catch the Pokemon, fight the Pokemon. Yeah. The fact that so. people people are streaming and beating this game without doing trainer battles is also kind of infuriating. They've turned it into, like, baby's first Pokemon. Interesting. But that was what Pokemon Let's Go was. Correct. Uh, well, my, my hope is that, that that's some of the early stuff. I'm not... Nah. Well, I mean, early stuff or not, I mean, they've already let streamers and reviewers start playing this game. Yeah. And the most of the reviews are coming back fairly positive, but it's the reviewers that are looking at it just as like, oh, this is another game in the Pokemon franchise. But you're still hearing the graphical issues. Um, and I think a lot of the fan base is just much more concerned with... You told us that we couldn't have these Pokemons because you wanted to focus on the models. Uh, mm-hmm. Of what you were throwing in the game, right. and the models are the exact same models from X and Y, so right. you didn't update the models. It's interesting. Yeah, it's G- Game Freaks. I think Game Freak would have been better if they didn't give bogus excuses. Right, right. So I think that's where a lot of your backlash is going to come from. But like for me, I'm in the boat where if I was going to get the game, I had to get a Switch and buy the game, and I don't see this as a game that is worth me buying a Switch for. And it's literally the only Nintendo franchise I care about. So, it... Ah, there's so many other good games on the Switch, though. But not... Not many Ben games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But... But that's fair. So you bought this controller, which is what we were originally talking about there. Yeah, exactly. I bought this controller. Um, I I mean, I was an early adopter of the Elite Series 1. Yeah, you were. (laughs) Yeah, like uh, the week it came out. Yeah. And... I pre-ordered the Elite Series 2, picked it up on Friday. It is so much cleaner and so much better built than the Elite Series 1 was. Uh, the click paddles on the back are much more crisp, much more precise uh, mm. than they were on the Elite Series 1. The ability to adjust the torsion in the joystick is... It's not a feature I thought I was going to use, and so I started messing with it. Right, and it's it's really nice where you can get a really tight feel where you really have to push on that stick to get it to move. 
is oh, it's really good for fine fine tuning and aiming right. in on things. So another thing is it's also really great for my racing games because it'll let me mm. play with the wheel a little bit more. Um mm. Including three hair trigger locks was interesting. The fact that it's got three positions the triggers can lock in. Yeah. Because realistically, if you're playing a shooter, you're going to want it on the minimal setting. So it's like basically just an on-off switch. Right. <laughs> so the middle one is basically where the Elite Series 1's trigger locks were. So it's just if okay. you like that feel, that's where it is. And then, of course, the full trigger pull. Right. Right. That makes sense. I... I... I can never get excited about something that much on a controller, but the only thing I like about that is it's an Xbox controller that, if I'm right, isn't it USB-C chargeable? or USB-C chargeable and the first Xbox controller with a rechargeable battery pack. Oh, Jesus. It's like, you know, they couldn't have done that forever ago. But... Well, let's just be real honest. PlayStation batteries, if you play PlayStation in a serious manner, so not you, Andy. Yeah. Um, I, even when I only had a PlayStation 4 for two years, I was burning the batteries out of my PS4 controllers well, in less than a year. That's interesting, and I've I've definitely heard people talking about that. So I don't know, I don't know when when I first got the PS4 and I had time for it, I was playing a ton. I was playing hours and hours a day of Destiny, especially one when it first came out, and I didn't experience the burnt out batteries that everybody else was talking about. So I know it's a real thing that happened. I just yeah. I don't know, I got lucky or something, but yeah. my, it's a love hate. Launch PS4 batteries and the controllers still work fine. Right. It's a love-hate thing with yeah. uh, rechargeable batteries for me. Because yeah. I do like the ability that I can just throw batteries in and go. Um, but I'll say this. I, I opened like it. spending money on batteries. <laughs> well, I don't like spending money on another controller. Sometimes batteries yeah. can come out cheaper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially on this one. Uh, yeah. But um, I opened the box on Friday and started playing with it Friday night. And I mm. probably played for... I played a lot over the weekend. I probably put in a solid uh, 15 hour or well, who am I kidding? I probably played closer to 30 hours. And I don't Jesus. That out loud. Oh my God. But I mean, I played all Friday night. I played all day Saturday. I played all day right. Sunday. I even played all day Monday, not all day Monday well, from when I got off work You have a yacht to when I went to bed right. on Monday. And I, I didn't have to put it on the charger till Monday night. Jesus. And that was without charging it. That was just straight out of the box. That's fantastic. That's the only thing that that slightly interests me in getting it because Madden uh, gotta have long lasting battery. Yeah, you can't can't be having mess ups in Madden. Uh, I really like the case that it comes with because of course it comes with like the extra yeah. sticks and stuff like that, and it's got a dome stick if you like that PlayStation feel. Mm. Uh, it's also got the old 360 style sticks. Really, that are are a, a nice little feel. Yeah. And you can actually plug the uh, USB-C into the carrying case. And oh. it has a charging base that you can set oh, it on there. Or you can just nice. charge it straight by plugging into the just, controller. Oh, okay. So you can charge it from the base, essentially. From the, Correct. From the from carrying the case. case. Yeah, exactly. Got you, got you. That is that's pretty nifty in the, if you're in the market for a very expensive controller. Yep, and since all of Microsoft's products are going to be backwards compatible, it will work on your yeah, Xbox, yeah, no, whatever they decide to call it. It's worth it. It works well with the case. PC, and it has brought my KD up almost to a point one from a yeah. point nine two. <laughs> proven, proven results there, then. Yep, proven results. Nice, nice. So, besides, besides controller love, anything else? Uh, 
Anything else going on there? I found a new podcast. Oh, yeah? It is not going to be for everyone at all. All right. But it's called uh, Tasteless Gentleman. What? And... uh, What is this podcast? Is it like a... It's a bunch of dude bros sitting around talking about things. And uh, Are they the episode. With us? Uh, well, no, they're they do not care about who they're they offend. Much um, more, okay. Yeah, but uh, their first episode, they were talking about all their guilty pleasures, and that ranged from like guilty food pleasures to guilty sexual pleasures what? and stuff like that. And I was rolling the whole time I was listening to them. I was just laughing my ass off. Oh, man. And then today, the today, or I think they might have released it on Monday, but I'll listen to it today. And they had yeah. Sam Brenner, who was an NFL uh, offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they didn't. They they, they literally opened up because we don't want to know about X's and O. Just tell us what it was like being an NFL football <laughs> player, and it basically just goes on and on about the life and the lifestyle of an NFL football player. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It, it's one of those things where, when I'm listening to a podcast, I listen to a lot of podcasts for information. Um, I listen right. to a lot of old school wrestling podcasts for that information. I love the Dell Junior download and Door Bumper Clear to keep up with like NASCAR and, and racing and stuff like that. Right. This was one of those that I literally I turned it on, and the same reason I enjoy listening to Heartland Radio. Turn mm-hmm. radio on, brain off. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. The the I looked at the podcast. It looks like something you'd enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, I uh, I haven't gotten to play as much things as you have, but I've watched some movies here. Um, I about to say I ain't played many things. I've just played one thing a lot. You, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You played some Minecraft in there for like ten minutes. I've played Minecraft while I'm waiting on everybody else to get on yeah. Call of Duty. It's like how Forza is like the Madden waiting game. Right. So I was playing that fine. on the podcast waiting game today. There you go. Always, always a proper use of time there. But uh, I, I s- watched the movie Good Boys. Did you hear about that one? Uh, not that at all. Was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a Seth Rogen. Oh, it's uh, with little kids. Yeah, it's little kids. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That movie's fantastic. Okay. It's super cute. I mean, it's like. Define fantastic here. Okay, so you don't get many good like coming of age movies anymore. Like not as much as we used to, in like the '90s and the and the '80s and stuff. And this was like just a great, funny, silly story about these like kids in middle school. And like it just it, it brought back definitely a lot of a lot of memories of like you know your 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 first group of friends and that kind of you know growing up together and changing. It was it was really good. It was really good. Definitely worth okay. a watch. Really funny. So. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because I just kind of watched it as something to watch in the background while I was working on something, and then I ended up just like sitting down and paying attention to it. So definitely a recommendation. And then I went late night after we had dinner um, Thursday night. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, we did have dinner. We did have dinner. Uh, so after we had dinner, I drove all the way to the movie theater to use the reserve ticket I bought for Dr. Sleep. And if you don't know about Dr. Sleep, it is a sequel to The Shining. So, you know, Danny is older, and they have to go back. And it is 
very, very, very good. It is super weird. It uh, is more of like a sequel to the novel The Shining than it is to the movie in some ways, if that makes sense. But okay, it definitely does some really cool things. Um, not a spoiler, but slight spoiler. When they show anything that is from The Shining, they did something I really liked. So instead of trying to CGI the actors and like the faces and, you know, de-age Jack Nicholson or, you know, do CGI for Shelley Duvall, they just cast people that looked a lot like them and and had those scenes play out. And it was really cool. Um, so I really, really liked that. That was like one thing that stuck out. Like the, the woman they had play Shelly Duvall's character, Danny's mom, um, was amazing. She looked so much like her and just had, had her rolled down. So that was, that was a ton of fun. I enjoyed that movie. Definitely recommend going to see it. Um, or just watching it at any point, however you can. It didn't do great in box office. But everybody I've talked to who's watched it really liked it. So I don't know. I think it suffered from like zero marketing. Because I had seen nothing about this movie until I just happened to see a poster at the theater. I knew about this movie. I don't know if it was a marketing suffering. Because like I remember seeing a lot leading into this. Did you, Okay, I, I don't watch normal TV. and Well, I don't either. I just go to anything. a lot of movies. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, well, I don't think I... I remember seeing a trailer like once for it. Yeah, it wasn't like some movies where you end up seeing the trailer fifteen times, like right, right. Well, you got to you got to think Caitlin and me go to horror movies quite a bit, so it mm. got played. That's played fair. in front of those a lot. Yeah the, yeah, the 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 issue I think, and it's an issue that we see with some sequels in general. Mm-hmm. I think it was too little, too late, man. Like it was, it was the, yeah, obviously super super far after. Yeah. But I don't know. The Shining to me is iconic enough that. The weight, the weight doesn't matter. But do you really want to see something iconic possibly ruined by somebody trying to make money off of it? And I think that's where you have a, a section of the yeah, fan base. Yeah, there's well. probably a section of the fan base is too worried. But hopefully, when they see it, I think they they really didn't do anything that I think would uh, would upset any like hardcore Shining fans. Like they were very very true to the source material, more so in certain ways than even The Shining was to Stephen King's book. So that's a whole whole other conversation yeah um besides that i went to one of our favorite establishments today uh q no top golf Ooh, yeah it's almost time to go there again for somebody's 31st birthday oh boy it is um but uh yeah went to top golf with work that's always fun my manager like a few weeks ago was like what would be a good place to go for a team building event top golf like it just it just came out of my mouth immediately. He's like, "Oh, I never never even thought about that. That's a, that's a great idea." And I'm like, "Yep, yep, top golf is awesome." So I drank some Stellas and and hit golf balls. So how did uh how did your coworkers enjoy it? Oh, they loved it. They mm. they very much loved it. They loved the uh, pretzel charcuterie board. Oh, that charcuterie board. Always pleases. Um, we got those beer buckets. They now I let think... you mix and match on the beer buckets, Ben. Uh, that doesn't matter because it's going to be six targets. <laughs> no, every bucket. it doesn't have to be though. It doesn't have to be, but it's going to. Be. <laughs> but we got 
in one of our buckets it was all Stellas, the next bucket was a a mix and match, and I have a work friend that reminds me very much of you, and he was like, all I want is a Coors Light, and I, he very much enjoyed that. I can I can <laughs> I can respect this guy, but if he can yeah. afford Coors Light at Top Golf, we are obviously not in the same tax bracket. <laughs> you realize that none of us were paying for this. <laughs> oh, never mind then. If yeah. else was paying Coors Light on, all day, every day. This was on the company tab, so there was no no exchanging of our own money here. <laughs> but he basically said the same thing you do, and that this good beer is uh, is wasted on me because I will not appreciate it. So there he goes. I- as we were just, yeah, as we were discussing before we got on the podcast, you need to inform me on what way we are drinking. Are we drinking to be social? Therefore, I'll grab something that yeah. has some taste, mostly yeah. something that's heavy enough that I'll slow down a little bit. Right? Or are we drinking to get drunk? Because then your boy's going to show up with a thirty rack of Coors or Natty Light, and it's going to go down. Is it time to get so drunk that we sway around in my kitchen and sing nighty songs once we become too drunk to play rock band? That sounds like a great Friday night. You might want to book that on the calendar. Exactly. So speaking of singing, we're talking about music today. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's funny to me how important music is in people's lives that they don't realize it. And until me and you kind of sat down and thought about doing this topic, I was like, dude, I like, I listen to all kinds of music and like, don't even realize well, yeah. at first you were kind of like, oh, we've talked about music some. And I was like, no, no, no. But think about this. And you were like, oh. <laughs> and then once I started thinking about that, I'm like, yeah. hmm, I've got ideas I can add to this. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, I think it's it's it, it probably holds different levels of importance to you at different times. Um, something I've heard repeated a lot is like your music tastes between like 14 and 16 become like the ones that stick with you or that you'll go back to. Um, the most. And for me, at least, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I would say I would say it's close. It's I close. Do... I definitely have branched out in some areas. I would um, say I, I don't listen to anything as heavy as I used to. Or, yeah, like, there's definitely some things I just do not listen to anymore that I used to listen to when I was in that age. And also that, that era of music for both of us would have been pretty similar. Oh. I was a very angry kid. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so like my musical taste, like I I'm not trying to give that cliche answer that I listen to everything, but I pretty right. I'll say I pretty much listen to everything. Yeah, you can I mean, throw you can throw '90s country music on. I'm gonna and, sing along with oh, yeah. every word. Or I you experienced throw, that at the tavern. <laughs> You you have experienced that, <laughs> or I will completely throw down with some heavy metal, hair metal, any anything. Like I have a very wide range. I will wrap some Post Malone. I will shake it off with Tay Swift. <laughs> like I I listen to a like I said. There's very few things that when I listen to, I'm like, oh, this is garbage music. Yeah, no, that's fair. And and like I'm the same way, and I think you beat me though. And sometimes, because sometimes you go you go into areas I don't. Um, but I listen to a good bit of everything. Um, and like more recently, got really into. I don't know if you've paid attention to any of those like lo-fi hip hop channels that pop up on like YouTube and Spotify now as well. 
That would imply that I'm on YouTube. Yeah, it's fair. And I've well, switched to Amazon Music instead of Spotify. Okay. I know Amazon Music has it too, because I have Amazon Music as well, because um, I wanted a free Echo Dot. Um, so I've had Amazon Music for a month now, which is the thing that's going on if you're interested in getting an Echo Dot. But I don't know. I'm not impressed with the Echo Dot compared to my Google thing. But anyway, lo-fi hip hop tracks are just great for when you're concentrating on something. So when I'm working, sometimes if it's got too many lyrics or it's just like too distracting, it, it just can't. But uh, that that instrumental like electronic lo-fi beats is uh, very nice sometimes. You saying that remind me there is one type of music I fucking hate. Yeah. Dubstep. Dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I'm yeah. not super into dubstep. I like some EDM music, like some electronic music, but like I'm not popping on like Skrillex. I have to be in the right headspace for some EDM. Yeah. Mostly it depends. And like some of it can up. make me super anxious. Like <laughs> some of it's just too crazy, and especially while driving, I'll be like, no, t- t- turn that off. Like yeah. I'm I'm gonna crash. Turn it down. I can't drive. Exactly. I can't turn, turn down that music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I literally have said that. I need to see. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. But we've, we've jumped around our, like, our music taste, which I think varies from anything from, you know, for me, anything from, like, yeah. rock to to rap to i don't really dig into any country at all um oh, but, dude. you know i like johnny cash like well, you I you mean, were at my wedding you heard yes 45 people at my wedding sing friends in low places i absolutely did that and the worst part about it was everybody was sober yep but uh well. <laughs> except okay. for certain people <laughs> yeah, uh, except for a certain wife of yours <laughs> Showed up, turned. Yeah, turned <laughs> all the way up, all the way. Oh God! Up. But uh, but yeah. So, what's your? Uh, do you have a? Do you currently hold a favorite band? I mean, do you? Do you have it, one? I know we all at times say like, "Oh, my favorite band right now is this," but like. So so, I've been thinking about this question a lot today. Yeah. And when it comes to that, I try to think of a band that if I threw them on, I could throw on like their greatest hits album and have no issue with the entire album, if if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I can think of a lot of older bands where I could do that too, but I wouldn't list them as like, I wouldn't list them as like my favorite bands. Uh, And the best way I could break this down was I had to break it down into like eras. Oh, okay. I like it. So like when I think classic rock, Mm-hmm. I could listen to almost anything by Black Sabbath without okay. having to shuffle through. So, like, sure. you know, War Pigs is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. Right. I love that song. And yeah. I love a lot of what Black Sabbath does. Um, You know, Iron Man, Paranoid, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. When I started thinking of more modern stuff, it got a little tougher. I'm definitely that way with Panic at the Disco. Like, I could yeah, throw, I could throw almost any Panic album on. And like mm-hmm. be content. Uh, so that would be one of the newer ones. But honestly, in and your your wife I know hates this. I think my favorite band of all time would probably have to be The Offspring. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. Just just because like when I was young, they were releasing music that I really enjoyed, 
And right. now, even as an adult, they're still popping out songs where maybe I don't enjoy them as much as I did, but it's like, man, that's still the offspring. They that's definitely still... have a pretty diverse catalog. And there's so many times where I'll be listening to a song and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is, this is offspring, right? Like, or <laughs> like, you know, it's, they're one of those bands. Like they definitely, uh, kind of released a lot through our, like growing up that, you know, they, they've, yeah, they evolved as a band without, I hate using the phrase selling out because I think every band wants to sell out. Well, yeah. Because that's how you make money. Definitely. But like, you listen to old Offspring, it's definitely Offspring. You listen to new Offspring, it's still definitely Offspring. You can yeah. tell yeah. it's Offspring. So. Yeah. What about you, man? So mine, I I go between two pretty regularly. Like I, and these have been like my favorite, uh, artist or, or artist or bands or whatever for a while. Like, so nine inch nails always, always has had like a place for me. And so I'm a huge fan of Trent Reznor and everything he does. Um, and there's so many just killer albums that I still go back to on the regular, um, from nine inch nails, like, even some of their their last few newer ones, um, which I liked a lot. Also, some of the best concerts I've been to has been the two Nine Inch Nails I've sh- I've, shows I've gone to. But I also have a strong love for the Foo Fighters, which I don't think we've ever even talked about. Um, what, your love for I Foo enjoy. Fighters? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Only, yeah, there's a reason, because I already know and I don't need to hear it Because you already know, because anytime I get drunk, you know what's getting sung on Rock Band. <laughs> I know I'm getting the best, the best, the best. You're going to get Foo Fighters, but you're also going to get Gin Blossoms in there, but that just, you know, has to happen. You're going to get some Hey Jealousy. But, yeah, so I swap pretty regularly between thinking, you know, either Nine Inch Nails or Foo Fighters is my favorite, favorite artist. And um, album is hard. Do you have a favorite album from your your music taste? Like, is there a music album you go back to, like regularly because i think my my favorite album i was thinking about this a lot too is actually not it's from one of my favorite bands but it's not from my favorite it's not from either nine snails or um or uh foo fighters it's just my favorite music album a uh, fever you can't split out panic at the disco all right so for me i was i was listening ahead. to it today and the biggest reason i'm a huge fan when i'm listening to an album of flow um, I love when a whole album sounds like it's been constructed from start to finish. It's so like when songs kind of just like blend into each other. Correct. And, okay. and early panic does it real well. I yes. don't think it's any more relevant than on a fever. You can't split out Yeah. Um, where you have the intros and the intermissions immediately rolling in. Well, that does it really well. And pretty odd also does it a lot. It's like the whole album. Yes, connects. but but I'd like Fever You Can't Sweat Out better yeah, than Pretty I Odd. <laughs> I, know. I know you do. Pretty Odd's my favorite. I know you don't like that one as much. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, I can, it's, it's the reason Panic's one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Is I can listen to it, but it's yeah. not like... If you want to know what your boy's driving to, it's going to be a Fever You Can't Sweat Out or Death of a Bachelor, because I'm going to belt, or attempt to <laughs> belt it like Frank Sinatra and slash <laughs> Brendan Urie does in that. Oh. <laughs> oh. So my favorite album ever is Time from Electric Light Orchestra. Um, okay. 
So first I'm going to tell you how I found this album because it's super random. So <clears throat> like I've talked about before, I think I collect, I've collected vinyl since I was like, you know, eight um, when I found a record player in my mom's closet and became just fascinated with it. Um, so I've always looked for albums and before vinyl had its resurgence, it was really hard to find any. You had to go to antique stores and you had to go to thrift shops and like dig through dusty bins and, you know, go through a million like gospel albums. So back when I was taking guitar lessons, I would, there was an antique shop right next to it. I would go into it every time before and pick through their record collection. They were all like a dollar each cause nobody was buying them. And I found this record. It just said, you know, ELO on it, and it has, like, a weird, like, kind of star field pattern and, and like, a tower in the background. And I had no idea who Electric Light Orchestra was. I had no idea about the album. I just liked the cover, and I opened it and read that it was a concept album. And it was telling the story about, like, a guy from 1980-something, 1985, I think, that gets transported somehow into, like, the year 2095. And it's his story of being in the future and seeing all these things and kind of going through, you know, going through uh, life in 2095 and then trying to get back to 1985. And it is fantastic. And it started my love for concept albums and albums that just tell a some kind of story from beginning to end. And also, this album does a lot of what you like in that, like, a lot of the songs will fade into each other, end into each other, the intros will link, so it has a very tight composition. It's only, like, a 44-minute album, but it's definitely, you know, one that I listen to pretty regularly. Well, I just added it to my Amazon music list. I'll give it a, a listen tomorrow. It is awesome. You'll recognize some of the songs, which is, if you listen to, if you, you know, you'll realize a lot of songs by electric electronic light orchestra you've heard before and probably didn't know it was them like that's what i noticed once i started listening to more of their catalog i'm like oh i've heard this song i just never knew who it was um so yeah for me that's that's definitely my uh my my top album okay yeah so one thing we've talked about before is live shows (laughs) and how many ridiculous ones we've been to. We have been to a ridiculous amount of <laughs> Streetline Street Manifesto, huh? And Real Big Fish. Yeah, we've been through... <laughs> we've been to a lot of those. Those, specifically. <laughs> yes, and it's weird to me because my, my first concert I ever went to mm-hmm. was Real Big Fish. Right. And Streetlight Street opened. Light. Yes, the year that I did not go. Right, misconnection. <laughs> yep. I thought Streetlight was awful at that show. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, they had no energy. They didn't. It, it seemed like they didn't want to mm. be the opening act. Right. Um, but Real Big Fish was awesome, and that's anytime Real Big Fish comes to town, I'm usually like, "Let's go." Yeah, and now I have somebody other than my buddy Sean to go with me with right. you because if I'm like, "Hey, Real Big Fish is coming to town," you're like, "Who's opening?" and it'll be somebody we semi know. I'm like, "Whatever, we're here for Real Big Fish." Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I went back to a streetlight show because of you. Yep, that's true because uh, I invited you. Yep, and I was like, oh, "I've heard them before. I at least know what they're going." I really didn't like them last time. Let's see. Yeah, and they were awesome. <laughs> 
and yeah. I've been. I think we've been to every one since then, except, except the last. One. Except the last one, because we were still too angry from getting stranded. Yeah, getting stranded sucks. <laughs> um, dude, I, I, uh, I can, I can probably count on both my hands how many concerts I've been to. Oh, um, I, it's, I'd have to go into like toes. And yeah, I just follows, I because I've been to a ton. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't go to concerts as much because right. if it's during the middle of the week, you got to take time off of work yeah. or something like that. That makes it difficult. Or you got to rush down to Atlanta right after work. Yeah, and that's impossible. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried it a few times. <laughs> um, oh, we did that one time when there was the bomb scare. Yeah, yeah. That ended up being an art project. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That was fantastic. Um, that time, and then one time we went and saw Streetlight was when the Red Bull uh, yeah. downhill Red Bull race was Luge going on. Was going yep. on, right? Yep. That was <laughs> that was interesting because we got navigated like I didn't realize the masquerade oh, God, yeah. was so close to such a nice neighborhood. Yep. Because I'd never come in that way. I was like, oh, these are really beautiful houses. Oh shit! There's Masquerade and Murder Kroger. We're here. Ooh. Sure is. They they just rebuilt the Murder Kroger, by the way. Yeah, you didn't know about that? It's got a barbecue I, restaurant I, inside of it. I heard about it, and they want you to call it the Beltline Kroger, and it was it's never always, gonna happen. Always be Murder Kroger. Always Murder Kroger. Do you do know always. that when they renamed it to Beltline Kroger, like the next week there was a dead body found in the parking lot, right? It's Murder Kroger. <laughs> exactly. So, but for me, concerts have have been a thing for a while, and then they weren't a thing, and now they're a thing again. So when I was in high school and like first moved to Georgia. I made some friends that also enjoyed concerts, also enjoyed live music. And it was like what we did when me and my wife first got together. That was like what we did. We just went to show after show after show after show. So I've been to so many, went to local shows. I went to a battle of the bands once that was like eight hours long at a uh, skating rink, which was hilarious. And like, there's bands I saw there that I'll still follow and see when I see downtown. So I've seen so many concerts I still remember my first ever concert, though. The first live show I saw, which always throws people off when I say it, because I'm not that old, um, is my first live show was the Beach Boys. That sounds like your parents brought you. Uh, No, so it was just totally by chance. They were playing at um, Universal Studios. And we were there, and they were like, there's a Beach Boys concert tonight. And my parents were like, well, let's go. And my sister was down, so we went and saw Beach Boys. And they killed it. It was fantastic. I like um, it. So that was that was the first show I ever saw. How, do you, and yours obviously was that Streetlight one. Um, mm-hmm. The latest one for me, um, I don't even know if I mentioned it on here. Like a few weeks ago, um, there's another big like live play work complex open 20 minutes away from me. Um, which if you live in the Atlanta area, you know how many of these things there are. Um, but also I think they're kind of all over, but, uh, they had a grand opening event and fastball and Everclear were playing. I can't believe you didn't tell me until like you were leaving that. I know. I would have been down for some Everclear. I know. It was so good. I mean, and, and I'd seen fastball before I saw fastball the first time in like 2009, um, at in Atlanta with Sugar Ray, they opened for Sugar Ray, and that was an amazing show. So I was so hyped that Fastball was gonna be back, and that they were only 20 minutes away. It was definitely a, a cheap lift ride, 
um, so I could have plenty of drinks. And mm-hmm. I got there. They killed it. Everclear also played a great set. Like, it was just such a cool little concert. It was kind of rainy, so, like, not that many people showed up, but it was it was awesome. Um, that was my, my latest show. So we talked about how we kind of go to less concerts. Has your, besides not going as much, has your style or, like, what you enjoy at a concert or doing at a concert changed as an adult much? No, because I, I started getting into the concert game so late. I, I feel like like I didn't go to my first concert till I was in my tw- like mid twenty. I think I was like twenty two, twenty three. Oh wow! Like that. Oh wow! So like very very short time yeah. time period for me because it was just like like I said, music something I listen to all the time, but I never mm-hmm. like going to a show never seemed like something I could do because it always right. seemed like every band I wanted to go so see. Far. Well, not just so, so far. All the bands that I wanted to see when I was younger, I wasn't like you where I'd just like go to a show. Like, oh, people are playing music, let me right, go. Right, right. That wasn't my style. Like, I wanted to go see, uh, at the time, like, when I was uh, stained, Creed. Right. And those were the bands playing arenas. Those were three, oh, yeah. Four, those were like two, $300 ticket shows. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm like, concerts are expensive. There's no point in them. And then sure. when I went to that Real Big Fish show, it was, mm-hmm. Sean's like, hey, it's $15. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got fifteen dollars enough to do. <laughs> yeah, fifteen I, bucks. Okay. Yeah. So, and, so I started going, and of right. course, you know, if you've gone to a ska show before, it oh, is an boy. experience. I it think is a we workout. could be at least on a practice squad for an offensive line for any NFL team. Uh, I would say XFL. XFL. I would say XFL. Okay. XFL. I think that's XFL, more of a talent pool. CFL. <laughs> We can like we can hang. We have held the, back the, the AAF <laughs> rip. Yeah, but, <laughs> but so Scott shows people push. Yeah. People push. Stink Big people around. push. You get you get to know people, and and like Andy yeah. said, us being bigger dudes. Oh my god. People feel like they can just like oh they'll support me. And that's not right. always the case. I'm, I'm like I don't want to be ball. here to like take care of you. Like yeah, no. No. The uh the first show that I went to with my buddy Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean is not a big dude. No. Um but he was right in the thick of it, swinging. He he was good to go. Um oh, I remember we got up to the barricade because they started a circle pit. Right. And like Sean gets in the circle pit and gets like drug around the circle pit till he gets <laughs> to where he can get off like it was like his exit. And I start walking, and I realize that I am larger than almost anybody in this pit. So I just went <laughs> straight through the circle pit. Oh god! Um, to get to the front, but when I'm sitting on front, I've got my arms braced, and there's just enough room to where my ribs are not on the barricade. And that is apparently enough room for this little girl that was oh, there. No. And I say little. I say little. She was a petite girl that was there thinking that she right. could slide under my arm and get on the barricade yep. in the little pocket I had made. And I'm right. like, this pocket was not for you. No, no. But just know there's only so much I can do to keep me off of you because right. there's 150 to 200 people behind me. Yeah. Get ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have had that happen where people have been like, oh, I'm really short. I want to see. Do you mind if I'm. Like right in front of you, and I'm up front. Usually, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. But I'm just like, I'm gonna get knocked into you. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. So as long as we're okay there, then yeah, as long as you know what you've gotten into, you know what you're signing up for, 
is you're about to like still get knocked into in this case, but all right. But yeah, those shows were those shows are always rough, and I have I have found that you know you've experienced this with me. I used to be very much about getting there way early. Like when I say early, I don't mean let's get there. Early. Let's get there an hour before doors. No, it's three, four hours before the doors open, and I'm like, we got to be there at this time. Because we have to be first in line. Um, and <laughs> you about ended the friendship and lifted home the first time I did that to you. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Yes and no. <laughs> Only because you didn't inform me that we were getting there three hours before doors open. Yep. <laughs> you were just like, hey, we need to be there by this time. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, maybe the show's starting early or whatever. No, it was literally. And it was two solid hours of just standing outside being the first people in line. Yes. Like, yes. Why are we the first people in line? And I think it was me going with you, though, because we went to another concert where you could not get off work as time. Yeah. As early. And then I suddenly showed you, Andy, we're bigger than these people. Right. We can make our way to the front regardless of when and we, we get did. here. So. And because true. you Because the way a concert always goes down if you have general admission, we'll say Mm -hmm. is you have one to two opening acts for the opener that nobody cares about. So nobody's in a rush to be right up there. As soon as that second, or as soon as that opening opener goes off the stage, if people are there for the opening band, which you see quite a bit at a streetlight show. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody bum rushes the stage, right? That band plays. And then you have another 15 to 15 minutes before Streetlight's going to go on. Right. Or before your, your main show's going to go on. And that's when you sneak in. Because yeah. all those little kids will leave after the opener. It's true. And there's all these openings that open up and you just slide on in. There. It's true. So, like, I, I have too. been less about getting there super early. I have to stop myself. It's like this weird anxiety that I'm like, I have to be there early and I have to be in front. I have I have tried to make myself understand that it's okay. I'll probably be able to see just fine anyway, and it'll still be a good show. But sometimes I still end up showing up too early. I've made the exception for Foo Fighters shows. I get there like ungodly early. Um, that may be a different animal. That's a totally different animal. When you're seeing a big show like that, especially at a huge venue, like the biggest place I saw them was at Centennial Park uh, in downtown Atlanta. So I got there at 6 a.m. to line up for the show where the doors opened at 4, and they weren't actually going to play till 7. And I was still not first in line. I was 13th in line. Um, Jeez, man. Yeah, and those shows are always those shows like they they take it out of you. Like there's an awesome fan club that makes sure everybody gets fed and like gets water and stuff like while you're waiting, so you have snacks and all this stuff. And like there's this great group of people that I always go, so I've met a lot of cool people. But it is it is like an endurance test. Like you one, you got to deal with waiting all that time, and then when the gates open. So for example, in Centennial Park, they open the gates, and you still had about. 200, nah, not even 200, it was like 500 yards um, to where the stage actually was. Like, it was a long trek to where you actually needed to be. So everybody just starts running. Like, 
running, running, running. There are people who will give up halfway through, be about to like lose their breakfast in the middle of Centennial Field. I just kept running, <laughs> and eventually, Lee like crashed into the gate and was up in the front. Those shows I have less energy for <laughs> because I just kind of want to go and enjoy the music and you know seeing the band live. Um, so I have way less energy for that. Lately, I'll try to show up a little bit early, but every once in a while, I've been good with kind of standing off in the corner, being near the bar. Um, the Masquerade Now in Hell, I don't know if I told you last time I went, just recently, Hell has a second floor now. Um, and you can go up there and stand on the railing and have a perfectly great view and you can lean against the bar and people aren't like jumping all around you. Like you lean against the railing and you can just watch the show up there, like nice and calm. There's better AC circulation. So you're not crowded in with the people. (laughs) So that was fantastic. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like next time we go to a show, if it happens to be at hell, the first thing I know to do now, because I, I got there and this was one of those shows that I did, I wasn't gonna get there as early. I was working. I wasn't. I didn't want. I didn't care to take time off. I was like, wherever I be, I'll be when I get there. Once I got down to the area where there was a ton of people, I was like, this is gonna get really hot and insufferable. And I was just looking around. And I was like, oh, there's that balcony area. I'm going up there right now. I got my Roman Coke. Went up there and like secured a nice nice viewing spot and then all of a sudden other people notice so other people start coming up there but it still was nowhere near as crowded as the floor so i very much enjoy the more chill concert experience as i get older yeah i think i think for me is in future concerts it's going to be turning off that if that makes sense because like when i go to a concert like i go into a concert Almost with the same intensity that I used to go into a wrestling match, right? Like, like I am, I am there for not just the music, but like the activity. The general. activity of it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it used to be. Like I wouldn't eat much before. I would drink water, but then like I would never want to leave my spot to go get a drink. Like you were just like you push through this and you make it through, and it's like a, you know, it's like a whole thing, right? Right. And now I'm like, no, I want to have a nice meal before. I want to have a few drinks at the show, like having a few beers or a few like few pours of bourbon at the show. How, like, I how just many, want to enjoy it. How many PBRs did I have in line before the show got canceled? Oh, my God. Like three, four? Yeah, I had like four, and then we found out the show got canceled. So yeah. now Andy's like, fuck, I got to get drunk Ben back through March. Y- yeah, I have to get drunk Ben back, back on the train. Without starting any shit. <laughs> Listen, I was fully coherent and functional. But if somebody had ran their mouth, you would have been fighting. Exactly. So I had to I had to deal with that. But yeah, so I, I still really love live shows. I, uh, I'm i going to go see Fastball again in January because um, they are coming to Smith's Old Bar. Um, okay. So I'm going to that. Um, and that's like a Thursday night show. Well, that's not um, too far away. What's the what's the farthest you've ever gone for a concert? Yeah, so the farthest I've ever gone for a concert uh, is Little Rock, Arkansas. What? <laughs> yeah, and this story is actually fantastic. So, for a long time, a lot of the well, still actually, Lana's favorite band is this band called Birthday Massacre. It's electronic, new wave kind of rock stuff. Um. 
they always play the masquerade a ton. Like we saw them at the masquerade so many times, like maybe six, seven times before this even happens. So we're in college, we're living in Dahlonega and uh, one of our friends who lives in Tennessee was like, Hey, I'm looking at, at their schedule and it doesn't seem like they're coming to Atlanta this time. It seems like the closest they literally will be was be little rock, Arkansas. And I was like, okay. But then all of us were like, wait, why don't we go? Uh, like it happened to be on a Saturday and we were going to plan to drive up there Friday, um, drive to Tennessee Friday, and then drive to Little Rock Saturday. Um, so we drove all the way to Cleveland, Tennessee to pick up our friends, spent the night at their place. I think that was actually the Thursday night. Then we drove the 12 hours Friday all the way to Little Rock. We stayed at a super cheap, super sketchy La Quinta um and got to the venue and uh it was like in the middle of summer it was like 102 outside we did that thing where we lined up way early because we wanted to be first in line um little rock is horrible if you're there right now and listening to this i apologize little rock is a horrible place (laughs) there's nothing good about it it's just a hot gross city we waited forever and then the best thing that we found out was that the band we were coming there to see was only opening so let me get this straight <laughs> yes. let me fact check this one yep first off you bought concert tickets without yes. knowing without well we, we were like hey are they opening or not and our friends were like oh i know i think they're co-headlining with this band so it should be fine. And we're like, okay, we just trusted them and didn't really look into it at all. First mistake. Yep. Yep. First mistake. Rookie definitely. move, Andy. Oh, definitely. Rookie move. There are only two people that when they tell you they're going to do something that you can trust that the planning has been taken care of. Yep. That's me and you. Yep. <laughs> uh, you drove 12 hours to Little Rock, Arkansas? Yes. And stayed at a La Quinta. At a La Quinta. Okay, I, your story does, does not check out all the way around. <laughs> I don't know why you're complaining about 102 degrees, though, because it was probably a dry heat. Unlike yeah, It was the, so horrible, though. Well, it's horrible, but, dude, you made me stand out in front of the masquerade <laughs> in 98 degrees with 75% humidity where you couldn't breathe because the air was soup. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. And I still remember the worst thing, the thing that made us mad and be like, everybody in Little Rock sucks, is where we were standing by the front door of the venue. That like The door was cracked a tiny bit so we could feel some of the AC from inside the venue coming out. And we literally would be like, oh, yeah. We started having to take turns going into the car. At one point, the staff there realized the door was cracked open a little bit and then just, boom, cr- cracked it closed immediately. And we were just like, fuck you. <laughs> but... Silver lining to this, we see the band play their like 30 minute set that we just drove 12 hours for. I am fucking livid at everybody. I hate the people we've gone with already. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sick of these people and like, I'm mad and I'm just like, God, this sucks. Like, I can't believe we wasted all this time. You know, I, I decided not to work during this time. I'm like, this is stupid. Um, 
And, you know, we're like, I didn't even care about the headlining band. So I'm like, whatever, let's just go hang out in the lobby. Let's buy some merch. Let's see if some of the band comes out. Because we'd met some of the band members before and gotten to hang out with them and talk with them. And they, like, at the at this point, they already were recognizing us at Atlanta shows. So we get out there to the merch booth and we buy a few things. And then some of them come out and they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Don't we normally see you guys in Atlanta? And we were like, yep. And they were like, did you guys drive here to see us? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we did. And they're like, holy crap. And they just like hung out with us for a whole bunch of time. They signed everything we wanted to sign. We had some drinks. We just like chilled out there at the and just ignored the fact that there was another concert going on because there was like this outside lobby. And so that was really cool because we got to hang out with the band for like a good chunk of the night. Not something you'd normally get to do, you know. So that was a silver lining in the trip. We still had to go back to a La Quinta hotel and sleep and then drive back to Cleveland, Tennessee the next day. But, you know, there was some good that came out of it. (laughs) That definitely (laughs) takes the cake. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I made up for it and road tripped. um, It was like two years ago now um, to... Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, to see the Foo Fighters. Um, but, but you knew they were the headlining act. But I knew they were the headlining act because I did my homework this time. Um, knew they were the headlining act. They were playing the first ever rock show at the Thompson Boiling Arena at uh, UT over there. Um, Knoxville is a weird place. I stayed in a weird little Airbnb. Uh, waited outside at 7 in the morning in like the 30-degree weather to see them. And it was a fantastic show. And one of the best Foo Fighters shows I've been to, um, out of the three I've been to. So that was a much better road trip overall than the uh, Little Rock experience. That definitely sounds like it. And and one day maybe maybe I can convince you to go somewhere for a concert. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so I feel like the way we listen to music nowadays has greatly changed from when we were younger. Yeah. Um, what services are you using at the moment? Like Ugh. what's your go-to music? Yeah. Music my, service? my go-to is Spotify right now. That's like okay. my, my primary. Um, I have a Pandora and I have Sirius XM in my car. Um, so I, I will regularly use like SiriusXM in the car if I don't feel like picking something to listen to. It's just convenient. Um, but really, Spotify is like my go-to. If I want to listen to something, if I'm like, I really want to listen to this album, or I really want to listen to this artist, or this person just put out a new album, I'm going to Spotify to listen to it. Okay. I used to use Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And I listened to one 90s rap song, and suddenly Spotify <laughs> decided... That I was the world's largest ICP fan. Yeah, it did. Holy hell. So Spotify, <laughs> Spotify wronged song. you. Dude, so it was funny. It's funny and it's not funny. The first song that popped up, it was like one of their tame songs. And it had just kind of slid in with like, because I'd listened to a lot of rap music at that time. Right, and they slid it in, and because I didn't immediately say slid I right it, into your DMs, it's, it's it 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 just coasted right on in there. It slid <laughs> in under the radar, and then like the over the progressively over the next couple of weeks, suddenly I'm getting two to three ICP songs, 
And suddenly I realized that these dudes rap about weird things. Weird things. And ever since then, I've not been able to trust Spotify because Spotify was like, oh, you didn't immediately hate the song. You must be a juggalo. You you gotta be a juggalo. (laughs) So so Spotify's been disowned. Um, I've been using Amazon uh, Music since it's basically included with your Amazon Prime. That's right. How do you how do you like the Amazon music? I like it. I did go ahead and upgrade to like the premium. Yeah, because I was gonna say the one that's included with your Prime is like more like a Pandora, right? Like it's like the radios. Uh, no, I mean it's still everything you. It's like premium Spotify. Okay, so uh, you can download music. It's just there's a limited selection. Like it's okay. You're not getting a lot of the brand new stuff. Right. On the regular version, you're getting oh, okay. Stuff. So when you upgrade, you can get the newer stuff. Is that correct? The, the point to yeah. upgrade. Okay. Yeah, I, that and you'll get you'll get some like premium stuff that you probably wouldn't see on on other streaming services, so to speak. I know that they tout like their audio quality. Have you been able to tell a large difference? Uh, no, because I use the same headphones. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Um. I also, they now have a, a even more premium service that's like supposed oh. to be like the 4K audio quality or whatever. So they're trying, and to I'm not, I'm not upgrading to that. I'm, I'm trying I'm to get into that, that title game. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, Pandora's been dead to me forever. Like, just yeah. Pandora was a great concept when it came out, and then there's too many fucking ads. Man, Pandora was great when it came out. Um, I had the um, their Pandora One premium thing for a little bit here. Which is mm-hmm. like I got on a special and I've been locked into like a three ninety nine a month rate. Um, okay. And so without the ads, it's fantastic, and with the unlimited uh, skips, it's great. I mean, you can you can go through and like tune your tune your radio. I've been less happy with it lately, and and I know it frustrated Lana one day to the point where she uh, unsubscribed from our one subscription without telling me so i get in the car and try to skip through a few songs and it's telling me my skip limits has exceeded and i'm like excuse me i pay for this service and then i realize apparently i don't anymore (laughs) so um google music has a special place in my heart because that was like my first um kind of run with like streaming music i don't know if you remember when they first came out and it was kind of in beta um, where you had to get like an invite to it and stuff where you could actually just upload your own songs into Google music. Okay. Yeah. So that was the thing. They let you just dump your library. So this is like before Spotify really became more of a thing and like Pandora, you know, has existed forever, but Google music was basically like, Hey, you want to take your library of music that you have on your iPod or whatever, and put it into the cloud, which was still a new concept at the time. Go ahead and do it. So I, I did that. I had like 45,000 songs on my iPod and I dumped like half of that, like 20 something thousand into this cloud Google music account. And I was like, this is so cool. I only have to carry my phone. And I'll still tease Lana about this because I'm like, this is the future. I was like, there's going to be no need to carry multiple devices. You can listen to it on your phone. She's like, ah, who wants to listen to music on their phone? Uh, I want it on my iPod. It's better on the iPod. And I'm like, no, no, no. One day you're not even going to care. It's going to all just be streaming um, through your phone. That's where we're at. (laughs) 
but that is that was I, I enjoyed Google Music and being uh, being able to upload a bunch of stuff, and I think I still have access to that for a little bit longer before I think they're finally phasing out that uh, functionality. Yeah, it's definitely definitely to that point now where it's just oh one device does all yeah no it just it just does everything i mean um the one thing i like about spotify a lot i think the one thing that's really kept me on spotify to the point where now i have the premium account and all that because lon and i kept stepping on each other's listening time um i love the fact that i can find so many obscure things on there like if there's a band that I saw at like a random show and I know they had an album out, I can find their music. It's on Spotify. Like it seems like it's very easy to get your music on Spotify. Um, and they just have such a catalog that I know I can go to some like really weird shit. Um, if I'm feeling like listening to something, I have yet to really type in a band name and Spotify has been like, I can't find that. Okay. Um, so that's that's one thing that's always appealed about to me is just the depth of that catalog, even though I end up listening to a lot of the same things over and over again. But when I branch out into something I forgot about, it's there. It's it's like the glove. Yes. Just, you know, you can always fit in it. Yep. <laughs> so is there a band that we haven't currently talked about that you enjoy but you would never tell anyone you enjoy? Oh, I don't care about telling people. And Ben, you and I both know that we will both roar with Katy Perry. <laughs> oh, indeed. There's no, there's no shame in my game there. Like, there's zero shame in that. I will I will in, build some serious Katy Perry. I don't believe in being like guilty about yeah. something I enjoy like that. It is it is it is still can be labeled as like a guilty pleasure, but yeah. I will I'll, I'll say I'll this and it's Katy a, Perry. The line from the interview if liking Katy Perry and Katy Perry and margaritas is wrong, I don't want to be right. Exactly. Remember when we watched that together and yep. like we hugged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that came out and that, that was the moment. That uh, was dude, the moment. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And yeah. I know, I know how much shit is said about them, <laughs> but the first two Nickelback albums, I will oh. still sing along to, to oh, this man. day. Oh man, there is one Nickelback song. Like if it comes on and I'm the right kind of drunk, I'm gonna sing it with you. And that's uh, how you remind me. Yeah, exa- exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> that would, song I still slaps. I don't care what you say. Yes. I <laughs> want to challenge anyone to hear that song come on and mm-hmm. not sing along. And not sing it. I There's remember. There's gonna be a part that you're gonna know, and you're just gonna go hard on. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like. Uh, do you ever? <laughs> Do you ever have very vivid memories of the first time you heard a song or like a certain song that like came on somewhere and like it stuck with you? Because I have one for this Nickelback song of how you remind me. Uh, I need to hear this. It's I don't very have random. one, but I need to hear this. Okay, it's very random. I remember this song coming on in the year 2004. I was in Jupiter, Florida at a summer uh not a summer baseball game a spring training baseball game for the recent world series champions the florida marlins but 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 i'm not just trolling you i'm not just trolling you so we're i'm at this hanging out in the stands and this song comes on and it's like half the stadium starts singing along just 
just loving it. And I'm just like belting it too with my friends that are there. And it was just a grand old time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I knew it was going to upset you, but they were still relevant to the topic. I, I fucking guess you just had to fucking do that again this week. I, I had to do it again. And I'll say I have another specific memory of like the first time hearing a song. One of my other favorite albums, I guess, is uh, Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace by the Foo Fighters. It's, a, it's the album that has the Pretender on it, which is how most people know it. So I still remember being in my car, coming home from school one day, and Atlanta 99X was like... This is like the world debut of the new Foo Fighter song, The Pretender. They started playing it, and I had just pulled up into the cul-de-sac, and I just stopped the car and listened to it. And as lame as it sounds, I definitely had goosebumps. and was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had songs like, like you know, music excite me that much. But there, there's still little times. But I feel like definitely when you're younger, it, it, it sometimes holds a, a, a deeper value. Yeah, for me, like, I can't think of, of songs like that, like, first time I heard it, remembering it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, like, for me, I need to hear it a few times. Um, or there needs to be an event that sure. happens that kind of... That puts links it, it to? Yeah, it puts it in memory for me. Sure. Um, so let's say I don't, I don't have a memory like that. that let's say, let, let, me, let me pose another hypothetical question to you mm-hmm. you're putting together a super group yes. four members four members who are your four members okay so i would have i know where i want them to play too so i would oh, have... oh, that, oh, go ahead okay so i would have it, one Grohl. second one i was about to say one second it can't be dave Grohl on the drums dave Grohl singing dave Grohl playing no guitar. no no it's not it's okay not just checking it is just dave Grohl on the drums there you go um okay. it would be trent reznor on vocals and whatever random electronic instrument he wants to play um this can be living or dead by the way yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, okay, um, just checking. And then it would be um, Tom Morello on guitar. You fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be the bass is the hard one for me. Um, but I would I would put in that in that super group. On bass, I think I would put like a Jason Newstead from like Metallica days. Okay. So that's that that that's mine. I'm guessing I took your guitarist. You did. You can overlap. Oh, I, I'm going to. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about this one. I did too, and we had similar thoughts. <laughs> Tom Morello on guitar. Yes. Flea on bass. Yeah. Tommy Lee on drums. Chris Cornell vocals. Oh, nice. The only problem I had as soon as I came up with that group, I'm like, if drugs get anywhere near my group. Oh, it's just over. It is just over. over. You know, I also could have put Nikki Six on bass. 
Okay. And I was just like, situation. You were debating on that, and you, I was like, if he says fucking flea after already taking Tom Morello. Because, <laughs> like, my knowledge of your music, I did not expect you to pull Tom Morello out on guitar. <laughs> I was expecting somebody oh, completely different. Dude, one of my first, like, uh, shows, like, that I went to on my own, uh, like, took a date, but one of my first shows that I went to, like, without parents or anything was Audio Slave. Um, 30 seconds to Mars and Seether. Okay. Yeah. So I got super into say, Audio Slave and Audio Slave's like the closest. Yeah, Audio Slave's like the closest to a super group that I yes. think is amazing. Yeah, Audio Slave was a fantastic super group. Um, them Crooked Vultures weren't that bad. Oh, God, I love Crooked Vultures. <laughs> I love Crooked Vultures so fucking much. And I'm so sad I didn't get to see them play live and I want them to get back together. Um, I like super groups. I like the idea of it. I think it's really cool. Um, you know, you, you listen to me talk about Rockstar Supernova and, and that whole super groupness with, uh, with Vince. I just think the, the whole, the whole concept of the super group is awesome. Like just getting different musicians together and, and making something totally new out of it is fascinating to me. Right. Right. So, all right, man. Well, so I'm taking a suggestion from you. I'm going to check out Time by okay. Electric Light Orchestra, because you mentioned it by name. Yes. And I found that enticing. Yes. Um, is there another band or, that you think I should listen to that you may not think that I know of? Mm, Time Electric Light Orchestra is definitely a solid one that I would want you to listen to. Um... Otherwise, for music, no, but I can make you listen to a podcast that I think you might enjoy. Uh, what's that? It, 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 you might enjoy it. It may, not, may totally end up not being your thing, but I think you should give it a chance. It is a true crime podcast. I'm out. No, you're out? Uh, you said true crime, and I'm out. Oh, God. You, you, won't, you won't try one? I, I can't get behind it, man. All right, all right. I I will I will then just have you listen to Electric Light Orchestra. Okay. And go. I'll for report that. back on Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah. So, <sighs> what is uh what is my uh, listening assignment? How much Linkin Park have you listened to? Oh, a ton. Well, then that's not fair. <laughs> that's not. Not fair. The, It's not. Give me a second. Let me find the album name. Yes. Oh. Speaking of old rap, did you ever listen to the documentary by the game? No. Oh, that's a solid album. Go back. That's that's G Unit era, the game and Fifty Cent. Oh, but it's got mainly one. the game. Got one I want you to listen to. All right. Marshall Mathers LP two. Oh boy, I don't think I've listened to that from start to finish before. All right. Won't you so. listen to that start to finish? All right. Report back next week. I can do that. Oh yeah, 2013. There's no way I've listened to like anything but rap got on here. All right. I will put it on the list. All right, there you go. There awesome. you go. So I will listen awesome. to Electric Like Orchestra. You will listen to Eminem. And we will mention our thoughts next time. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, share, whichever one you want to do. We appreciate it all. <clears throat> we 
we are going to start posting some polls and stuff on both the Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if there's anything else that we could add or anything else you want us to bring to the podcast. Uh, Andy, you got anything for him? Nope, that is all. Just thank you for listening. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening and enjoy whatever part of the day that you have left after listening to this podcast. Goodbye. We'll see you next week.